Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Experiments Web Clinic Audio Replay Podcast. Marketing Experiments is an internet marketing research laboratory. The web clinic you are about to hear was broadcast live to an international audience of marketing professionals. Sign up to be invited to future web clinics, as well as gain access to all of our online marketing research at marketingexperiments.com. All right. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you're tuning in from around the world. Glad you could be joining us today for yet another Marketing Experiments web clinic. Uh, If count serves me right, this is clinic number 228 uh, in a series of clinics that we've been doing for the past eight years with one, one primary mantra, and it is this, to discover what works and online testing and online marketing. We're trying to discover what is, we're not okay with best practices. We're not okay with intuition. We're not okay with just suggestions or even good ideas. What we want to do is we want to test them. Last week we were talking about calls to action and we were looking at over a decade of testing uh, just to really find out what would be, what is it that goes into an effective call to action. Today we have a very interesting test that we're going to be looking at uh, related to lead nurturing. Um, and I, I think Dan mentioned this as he was setting up the call, but uh, we have uh, the ability for you to interact with us on Twitter, uh, hashtag WebClinic, as well as uh, GoToWebinar right now. In fact, uh, many of you have already started submitting questions. I have a whole team standing by monitoring questions as they come in. I don't want this to be a monologue. I want this to be a dialogue as we interact together. I'm going to be asking you questions, getting you to vote on treatments. Uh, and I can see them coming through right now. So... Thank you for joining. Again, we're going to be talking about lead nurturing. We're going to be talking about a particular test uh, that from just a few modifications in the script of a voicemail, we were able to generate a 31% increase in response. And so really interesting test. We're looking at not only that test, but a series of of experiments that really kind of illustrate some key principles that we have discovered uh, in testing around lead nurturing. My name is Austin McCraw. I'm the director of uh, content, or the senior director of content production here at Mech Labs. Uh, glad you can be with us today. I have Dave Green as well, which is very exciting. Get Dave in the uh, studio. Dave has a vast experience with uh, lead nurturing campaigns. He's even written a book on scalable lead nurturing and has overseen many, many campaigns, including one that generated a uh, billion dollars in pipeline growth. Uh, and um, that was just over the course of 20 months. So Dave has a wealth of knowledge. I'm going to have him looking at some. So I'm going to show you the test we did. We're going to walk through some extractable principles for that that you can walk away with. But if we have time, we're actually going to be looking at your actual submitted pages, and Dave's going to be helping us evaluate those, provide feedback, and hopefully giving you some tips that you can walk back with uh, today right now. So that's the setup. Hope you're getting into the uh, system okay. This is GoToWebinar. I, 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 I think there's also people joining through the live stream. If you have any issues, uh, feel free to submit questions to us. Again, I have a team standing by to help you with not only technical questions, which we have a whole team ready to, to help you with those, but also just content-related questions. Uh, we'll have people tweeting uh, links to additional content that's referenced in this material through Twitter, hashtag WebClinic, so you want to tune into that if you haven't already. I think I have gone through my rigmarole here on setting up the clinic, and now what I want to do is I want to jump straight into a test. So here it is, and we teased this on the last clinic if you were here, uh, but we're working with a well-known insurance carrier. You would know who they were if I told you their name. Uh, And overall, the goal of this campaign was to increase the number of lead responses to a scripted 
voicemail. Now, this is really interesting. This is a voicemail test. Okay, so we have a, you have a, a marketer on the line who is nurturing uh, a prospect in hopes of being able to hand them off to sales. And as part of that process, there are outbound calls happening. Now, some of those calls are received. Some of them are not. And so we actually leave voicemails. And the voicemail is scripted. There is a script for the voicemail. And so the question is, is there something we can do different about even the voicemail to get more people calling us back? And so you believe it or not, we've tested web pages, we've tested PPC ads, we've tested emails, we've even tested voicemails. And so here is, I'm going to show you right here on the screen, right now, here is the original voicemail. Treatment A. I'm not sure if you can see it coming on the screen right now. Treatment A should be up. Now, I know this is, uh, this is you know, a bit wordy here, so I'm, I'm going to give you a moment to read it. Okay, I'll read a little bit to you. Hello, uh, blank is the person you're talking to. My name is Lisa, and I'm calling with insurance company, and we've anonymized that. So I'm calling with this insurance company. We've currently, we are currently the fifth largest insurance carrier in the nation, offering competitive rates and solutions to help ease administrative burdens. And you can read on and on with that. So that's the original treatment standard. In fact, uh, this was uh, a pretty highly successful treatment. Now, let me show you another one. And this is the one we were testing against it. Hello, blank. My name is Lisa, and I'm calling with insurance company. And that's, the, again, blanked out there. When we last spoke to you, you told me that you work with a broker for your price quotes for the group life benefits. And then it goes on talking about the, the fact that they don't nationally advertise, etc. I'll give you a moment to read that. And I'm going to put both of these side by side on the screen for you right now. Now, some of you may have voted last week on this. Maybe some of you are now, you know, have had a week to think about it or a couple weeks to think about it, maybe reconsidering your answer. But look at the screen right now. And let me ask you, audience, well, before I show you any results, this is, a, this is a legitimate test, treatment A versus treatment B, which of these do you think will generate the most callbacks on voicemail? I see your answer slowly coming in. Good. I see a lot of bees coming. I don't know if I may have I may have swayed the audience by tipping the hat that was our treatment. Lots of bees coming in. Yes, the majority now, now the majority of the audience is saying B. Now let me just test your intelligence here. Why are you saying B? I got one A. There you go, Parish. There's a, bra a brave soul there, going against the flow. If you said B, why are you saying B? It says more personal. It's shorter. Eh, I don't know if it's that much shorter indicated up front that we've talked. Good. These are some interesting insights. I see some A's coming through. All right. Let me show you the results. For those of you who said B, you are correct. You're absolutely right. B was the one that generated the most response. I remember asking this last week and that vote was completely split. And oftentimes we're in these situations where, you know, in fact, uh, treatment A, when we wanted to test this, treatment A was... Uh, the, the, the person who made these calls swore by treatment A. She had tried many, many different voicemails, and treatment A had, was the one that was outperforming. It was doing well. But as Dr. McLaughlin often says uh, on these web clinics, adequacy is an enemy of excellence, and so we test it. Uh, and we don't just, you know, again, we don't just go with our gut. We're testing, and that slight tweak in copy. Let me go back to it for a moment. I mean, just looking at these. The length isn't that much different. A lot of the copy is the same. That slight tweak in copy generated a 31% increase in callbacks. People picking the phone back up and responding. And so my question to you, audience, is this. 
why? And this is the question that we all have to face when we're running testing. This is putting you in the marketer's seat. Because, yeah, it's great that we got a 31% increase. That's wonderful. We increased results. But you know what? The more uh, powerful thing that we should be trying to ascertain from this test is why. What do we learn about the customer here? We have a whole team of analysts here that are studying this test and, and they've looked at it and they've, they've pulled some thoughts for why this treatment outperformed the other. Some of them you've touched on in your comments, but there's some others that you did not. And so what I want to do is today we're going to walk through just looking at, kind of like a crime scene analysis. We're just going to look at this test and ask the question, why? Why did treatment outperform treatment A? But to do that, I need to first lay a little bit of groundwork, okay? Because I don't know, you know, there, I've, got, I've got a lot of people on the call who are experts who've been doing lead nurturing for years. I've got new people on the call. I've got potentially salespeople on the call as well as marketing people on the call. And so let me just lay some groundwork here for a minute that we teach in our courses. It, just take a moment and, uh, and then, then we can get into the particulars of that voicemail. But you need to understand this first. And here's the point. Here's the first point you need to understand. Lead nurturing is a process not an event. The necessary, the necessary timing allows for necessary forming and the forming of a final conclusion. Now, what does that mean? Here's what we're trying to say, and here's, here's something that often gets overlooked, okay? This is fundamental to lead nurture. This is fundamental to whether you're sending an email or a voicemail or a, a webpage or whatever. The point of it is this. Lead nurturing is not a singular moment. It is an event. It is a conversation. It is something happening over time. Uh, Brian Carroll, uh, who I get to work, have the privilege of working with ever so often, uh, he says this. He says, not every lead is sales ready. Not every lead is ready to just be handed over to sales. That's because it's a process, not a simple moment. You don't just get the lead and there we go. We got the lead that's nurtured and we're sending it to sales. Now I say that. And the reason why I say this is because when we survey companies, and if I were to survey you right on the other side of this line, um, I wonder if I'd get a response like this, but the majority, 64% of, of marketers, when we ask them what they do with the lead, 64% of them send them straight to sales. 64% of them are viewing nurturing as, a, as an event. Oh, I got the lead, and now I'm sending it to sales. But when we dig down deeper into the data and we ask companies, particularly those organizations that are having success, what we notice is that those companies that are actually spending time, not just handing off leads to sales, that's not nurturing, but those that are taking time and, and viewing this as a process, uh, working a nurturing campaign, a strategic nurturing campaign, they are generating more response. So the fundamental thing that you understand, and we're going to see this, we have to be able to see this voicemail in an overall context of a process, and a process that basically is leading to a conclusion, okay? So now you may be asking me, you know, what is, what is marketers, what is a marketer, I mean, I'm just sending my, my, my leads to sales, what does a marketer have to do with lead nurturing? Well, here's what they have to do. They have to help that lead form a conclusion. You see, the marketer team, this is my second point on the screen, Now we teach this more in depth in our courses. But the second point, and you need to get this, is that we are not just uh, having a conversation. We're having a conversation that's leading the customer to a conclusion. There is a moment of conclusion that the marketer needs to bring the lead to before they hand it off to sales. Marketer is fostering a conclusion, and the sales team then takes that conclusion and fosters it into a macro yes. I am using language that some of you may know, some of you may not. I'm condensing probably four hours of uh, lead management content in our courses into just 
a single key principle. Here's what you need to understand. Some of you have seen this before. The inverted funnel model is a bit distorted. All right? People aren't falling into your funnel. They're falling out. People don't slip and slide down your funnel. Gravity is not your friend. People actually have to climb up your funnel. You have to see the nurturing process like this. And they don't just climb up one way. And we're going to talk about this in a moment, about prospect level value propositions. But they don't just climb up one way. They climb up multiple sides, multiple paths. There's, there's multiple cognitive paths that the customers take up the funnel. They're not going down. They're not falling down. Gravity's not your friend. It's like they're climbing over a mountain. They're climbing up a mountain. If they let go, they're not falling in. They're falling out. They're falling away. And so that's where, uh, just that basic framework there. And then tied to that is this micro yes chain. Oftentimes as marketers, we're focused on just one yes, that big macro yes. And we get the lead, we've accomplished the macro yes. No. There are a series of yeses that lead to that macro yes. Every single moment on your page uh, your, your, or, or in your email or on your PPC ad or it, responding to a voicemail, it all implies a yes. Someone's making a decision. In fact, there's an entire string of series. I can take, I, we can show you a web page and we can show you the series of micro yeses even on a single web page. And listen, it only takes... It only takes one no. I mean, it takes an entire string of yeses to get to that macro yes, but it only takes one no to completely terminate your existence in the mind of the customer. And so what is, this, what is the marketer doing in this process? Well, they're driving, they're, they're, they're achieving micro yeses, and there's this moment of handoff. And at that point, you have brought the prospect to a conclusion. You have helped them foster a conclusion in their mind that they're ready and, and the salespeople are now taking this and, and converting that to a yes. And you can see that there in the diagram. Uh, you have a lot of micro yeses leading to it but there's this key micro yes where they foster a conclusion. This gets into ULD and uh, ICP and all these things uh, that I don't have time to go into. So with that though, as our foundation, I want to change your question for you for a moment. So this is, the, this is the framework that we bring to this email or to this voicemail. And so instead of just asking why was one more effective than the other, why did we get one result versus another, the question really should be why was the wording in treatment B more effective at fostering a conclusion? Why? And I, I, I want to take a moment before I tell you what we did to, to help treatment be fostered. Because what do you see? What do you think? I see responses coming in. Treatment A talks about the company. It reminded them of the, the, the lead of the previous yes. Oh, that's a good way to connect to it there, Ian. Good, good. Share info that they told you. Good. Yes, many of you are connecting to this idea that we once last spoke. And that's really, really good. And that's actually my first point. What I want to do is I want to walk through three cognitive levers that we pulled on with that. I mean, even with a slight change of words, there were three levers that we were trying to pull on to increase the probability of helping that lead form uh, or foster a conclusion. So here's the first one I want to show you right now. Lever number one, we anchored the message to the context. We anchored the message. We justified why they were even getting the message. Look at the first original campaign. The first script from the experiment begins by selling 
right away without any context whatsoever. You can see, hi, my name's Lisa. I'm calling with this company. That's all we say. And then we go straight into selling. We're going to get into the fact that they're selling the wrong offer, but just the fact that they go straight into selling, they have not justified the sin. They have not made a connection whatsoever. Where, as many of you pointed out on the line, when we last spoke to you, you told me that you work with a broker for your price quotes and group life, group life benefits. They have justified the sin. They have connected to the context. They've anchored this message into the conversation that has already happened. Now let me say this. Let me just stop for a moment. This is how conversation works. Listen, people don't want to be People don't want to be nurtured. They, want to, they don't want to be marketed to. They want to have a conversation with you. They, people don't buy from voicemails. People don't buy from websites or emails. They buy from people. And just think about it for a moment, how you talk to people in your office. I mean, in your office right now, if, if you approach somebody, just naturally you do this. You justify why you're approaching them. Hey, so-and-so told me to come, come, come talk to you about X, Y, Z. That's why I'm talking to you. Or, hey, I saw you over there and I noticed that you were doing these things. And so I'm, I'm coming here to talk to you about those things. I'm connecting the reason why I'm coming to you. You see, there's two different types of uh, marketing collateral that are out there. There's pull and there's push. Many of you use this language. And, 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 and pull would be like someone coming to your website. So, uh, you know, uh, when, when someone comes to your website, you don't have to justify why they came to your website. You don't have to tell them uh, or justify why they're there because they came to you. They bring the justification with them. They are anchoring it in the context. Now, there's moment of orientations and things like that. But you don't have to justify why they're there on your page right there in that moment. But if, if you approach somebody, you're coming to someone, you're sending them an email. That's like the pushing on people. You're, you're sending them an email. You're sending them a voicemail. You're, you're coming to them. You've got to justify why you came to them. And it can be something as simple. And that sentence was in the voicemail. That sentence was in the voicemail originally. We just moved it up. Because that's what you want to do right on the outset. You want to justify why you're sending it. Let me show you another example. Here's a large event management software. I'm going to show this really quick. Just that this is a really good example of us doing this. Here's the original email that came to them. The original nurturing email gives little to no reason for the message. And again, the first paragraph goes directly to selling right away. We took that. We completely changed the tone of the email. And we started by justifying where they were in the conversation. We justified us sending it. We, we, we justified us sending the email altogether. I noticed that you started the process of getting free access to such and such company, but you weren't able to finish. This is why we're sending you the email. There's a lot I could say about this, but the main point I want you to see is side by side, when we justify the sin, we, even, we, we, we came at it with a whole different tone, a whole different approach. It was conversational. This is part of conversation. We generated a 349% increase in lead inquiries. Now, I will, you will get this deck after this call, this deck will be uh, made available to you uh, right after this call. Uh, in about, uh, I think, probably a few days, it will be sent to everyone on this list. But here's the deal. Um, right now, just get, so you'll be able to look at those emails, you'll be able to read them and study them, but here's the point you need to understand. By simply connecting to the context, anchoring the message in the context, we're able to generate a, 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 a significant response. Now, I'm going to stop for a moment. 
I got, I'm going to stop here for a moment because what I want to do, and a lot of times we wait until the very end to do this, but right now I want to take a, a page that has been submitted by the audience. This page is coming from the audience and I'm going to walk over here to our live optimization area and some of you can see this on video. Some of you cannot. You can at least see the screen that I'm touching right now that has a, uh, it has a campaign submitted um, and this was submitted by Liana and you can see that it, the primary audience is customer experience research council members and the goal is uh, to basically invite them to an event. So I've got Dave Green standing by here. All right, listen, we just talked about justifying this thing. We talked about anchoring in the context. Dave, looking at this email, how might you improve the justifi- justifying the, uh, the ascend? Well, you know, the, the um, Chartwell organization has a great product here, and that always helps in marketing. The thing that's so uh, fantastic is you notice that it's all for a very specific audience people that are utility professionals. Think about somebody getting email all day, and now I happen to be a utility professional, and let's say I'm in Chicago, and now an email comes to me about those two things. So you can connect it very simply by saying, we think you're a a utility professional. You told us you were a utility professional. We understand you're in the greater Chicago area, and we thought. So connect it to them and and, and why you're, you're reaching out to them. Hopefully you're not uh, reaching out to people that are manufacturers or contractors or, or in the banking industry. So just connect it to who, who they are and who your ideal customer is and let them uh, have some context. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, Dave. We'll come back here in a moment. Did you hear that audience? Just a quick, I mean, we're just taking that first principle we just applied and applying it to the page right away. You should do the same thing to your emails right now. If you're able to pull them up on your screen, be asking yourself, have, I mean, yeah, it, it seemed like we were getting it. Uh, in terms of the responses coming through, but common knowledge oftentimes isn't common practice. And so pull up your pages, pull up your emails and look and ask yourself, am I justifying the sin? Am I anchoring it into the context? Level number two. I'm going to keep moving fast here. How are we doing with pace? Everything okay? You guys want to keep going? Is this a good pace? Should I slow down? What, what's the feedback to the audience? Optimize me here, audience. Perfect. Good. Good, good, good. Okay, getting good feedback from you guys. All right. Lever number two, this is what we did. We connected the value proposition to the prospect. Oh my, I could do an entire course on this. In fact, we do have courses on this. But overall, there's levels of value proposition. And oftentimes, we're focusing just on that primary value proposition. But when you're dealing with lead nurturing, you have to connect it to the prospect. The actual value of your offer to the motivations and to the appeal, uh, the desires of your actual Prospect. So, for instance, instead of just asking the question, if I'm uh, your ideal prospect, why should I buy from you rather than any of your competitors? We tweak that a little bit. And we actually put a prospect in there. I don't know if you can see that second question there. We tweak it and we say something like this. If I'm a CEO, why should I be interested in your product rather than any other solution? If, for instance, I'm a business manager tasked with finding a solution, why should I be interested in your project product rather than any other solution? If I'm an ITV, IT server admin, that's a great picture there. Uh, <laughs> if I'm an IT server admin, why should I be interested in your product rather than any other solution? He kind of looks like an IT server admin, wouldn't you say? But here, here's the point. You want to take your value proposition and you want to not just connect it to an overall audience, but to that specific prospect you're talking to. And oftentimes in nurturing, you know who you're talking to. You know their role. You know what their, you, you know what their, their challenges are, what they're facing. So look how we did it here. It might not be obvious right away. 
The original voicemail went straight to the primary value proposition of the company. They went straight into the fact that they were the largest life insurance company or the fifth largest life, uh, life insurance company uh, and they have good rates, etc. Went straight to the primary love value proposition and haven't really even connected to, okay, who's this person that's receiving this voicemail and what's their motivations? And so when we did some analysis, when we looked at uh, the actual research, getting on the phone with some of these and talking to them, we discovered three things. First, and this is really important, first we discovered they have high anxiety. And they don't really like getting voicemails. Uh, they, they, they associate voicemails, calls like that, with sales and hype, and it produces anxiety. They had little interest in learning about the insurance company in general because they simply desired to redirect us to their broker. So we were actually selling the wrong person. We were selling the wrong micro-yes in this original voicemail. The real micro-yes was simply to get them to hand us off to their broker. That was what was valuable to them. That's really the next step that needed to happen. And so by understanding a little bit more about the prospect, we were able to tailor that value here in this email. Look what we said here. Since we do not uh, nationally advertise and may not have, have had the opportunity to work with your consultant, so this is where we're talking about their broker, we'd like to share our information with them. And basically, at the end of the day, we're, we're connecting directly to what they're doing, directly to what they're thinking about, what their prospect level appeal is. The goal is saying, basically, uh, it, it's the appeal of letting us work with your consultant instead of you having to do all this work yourself. And in all honesty, many of the people that you're reaching out to likely have that same motivation. You know, the desire is for you make it clear. Who should, they, who should you connect them to and why should you want to do that? And so we began to connect to that here in the value proposition. Here's a really good example of this. Okay, This is a, a large physicians-only social network. And I'll just show you this really quickly. It's a really interesting content marketing case study. We've looked at it in the past, but here it is. So the original control focused mainly on just a single piece of content. It focused on a single product. And the question that we raised is, are we missing people? Are we missing, I mean, if, the per, if this product, if this, if this piece of content isn't relevant to them or isn't connecting to pills, we may be missing people that we'd like to reach. And so we hypothesized that perhaps we could do a better job of connecting to those personal prospect level value propositions by simply adding more, more types of content that would appeal to different types of personas. And you can see that here. You can see the different types of content displayed on this page. It's not just one report, it's many. And so the point here is here by doing that, we were able to, uh, we were able to appeal to different types of prospects at the same time. Different, uh, we were able to increase the relevance of having different offers on here. And so that's the point. And overall, and I didn't show you the results yet, but I hinted at it. Overall, we generated a 197% increase in lead rate by simply adding more relevant content to the customer. And there's the numbers right there. You can see the change overall. Now let me say this. Again, this will be made available to you. I, I threw this in the deck at the last minute in case you're wondering, like, what is it, you know, what is it that, that, that makes someone a different prospect? What is it that goes into figuring out what's, you know, what's appealing to them, what's motivating to them? Well, I've got five factors here. The objective, the motivation, the experience, and the authority. And you can see that mapped across different types of of people, the CEO, the manager, the IT admin. If you want more information about that, you can look at our online courses where we go in more depth into prospect level value propositions. Now, I'm going to go to my third point here, the third lever. 
This is the third thing we've, uh, we, we changed in this, uh, this voicemail campaign. We aligned the argument to the ask. What you have to understand, and this is, this is deep, we have to understand is that there's, there's an overall story happening in the mind of the customer. People, people's thoughts arrange themselves in story. They're on a journey. They're on a path. And, and all through the process, your marketing collateral is helping them through their journey, helping them through their story. And you have to ensure that you not only have the right message. I mean, that's important. That's what we've been talking about, having the right prospect, making sure we're justifying the sin. But we've got to make sure that the message is happening at the right time in the story. And even within the message. In this original email, it was out of sequence. Look at it. Just think about it for a moment. It was out of sequence. We started with uh, basically just a normal introduction and then we went straight to the value. But by simply just moving up what needed to be second, which is this when we last spoke to you, we moved it up. We got the sequence right. We, we rearranged these pieces, as you can see here. And honestly, this would be an example of the voicemail if we hadn't made any changes whatsoever. We just rearranged it, which would have had a dramatic uh, dramatic result, likely. But, look, we not only rearranged it, but we tapped into that prospect level value proposition. So now, the whole sequence is right. We're making the, we're, we're, we're getting, it, getting it in the right order. So now, this is, this is uh, you know, words are failing me here a little bit, but, but listen, you've got to get the right message. You've got to get the right value proposition. You've got to start there. But, even if you have the right value proposition, even if you get the right prospect level value proposition, even if you justify the sin, if you're doing it in the wrong sequence, you're not going to see the results that you're looking for. You have to basically align the argument you're making. It is an argument. It's like you're building a case for something. You're moving them through a sequence. Oftentimes we see that sequence conflated. Here's one example I want to show you. This is my last example. But this is a great example of getting something out of sequence. And by simply changing the copy just a little bit, you're able to generate a lot of response. So here's the, here's the, here's the first email. This is the email campaign. And the call to action basically leads up to this idea of get started. It's a bit out of order. They're not ready to get started at this point. This is like early on in the story of the customer and we're asking them to get started. It's like asking someone to marry you on the first date. It's getting things out of sequence. But by simply rearranging the copy and, and leading up to the right ask, building the right argument and leading up to the right ask, we're able to say not just get started, but see how Sermo works. That's a, lot, that's, a, that's a smaller micro yes. That's the conclusion that you're trying to foster. And you want to make sure that you're, you're, you're fostering the right conclusion at the right stage of the process. By doing that side by side, we're able to generate a 104% increase in lead inquiries. Now, you'll be able to study these case studies. You'll be able to look at them in depth. What you need to grasp right now, audience, is that basically you want to make sure that you have the right argument leading up to the right ask. Now, I'm going to go to one more page here with Dave. And Dave, I want to make sure the audience is getting this. Okay? So before I let you go on this page, audience, you should see the page up on the screen right now. Audience, before I have you go loose on this page, or before I have Dave go up on this page, I believe it's, it's this one right here, correct? Yep. Audience, can you see the screen? Are we good? Okay, I'm going to scroll down here. Yes. You can see the whole page. Audience, what would you do 
to make sure not only that you were uh, aligning the ask, but that you were connecting to the prospect level value proposition. I'm going to get your feedback on this page right now. I want to see it coming in. Give me your feedback. Take a look at it, audience. Give me your feedback. What would you do to this page? Give you a moment to respond. I wonder if we've stumped them or if we're hitting a delay in the response coming through. Sometimes when many of you respond at once, okay, here we go. Remove the kitchen sink. (laughs) Good. That was a good piece of feedback. Oh, blur of the text. Good. Maybe I should go a little slower for you here. Yes, good feedback. All right, Dave. Looking at, I've got one more coming through. They may not even know if they need a new part. Yes. Let us help you. It is too early in the process. Good. Now you're starting to think. Now it's taking it's taking a little bit to click in for you guys, but you're taking these principles and you're evaluating these pages based on where are they in the argument, what's their prospect level value proposition. That's good. I see more stuff coming through right now, Dave. Quickly, based on what we've talked about today, how would you improve the performance of this page? Well, you know, I like the fact that um, they've personalized it, which I think is very good in email. Uh, they also have a really great um, analogy here that they can use. The problem is they jump into it too quickly. Uh, this looks or seems to me like a very complex solution. And so the first thing you want to do is just connect with them and talk about what kind of a prospect is this and then lead them to this analogy as a second thing that they could do. So I think uh, a little more clarity about what it is that they do in, in terms of the company value proposition and what it is you're asking them to do as a result of this and not ask too much. I think what they should do is ask for more information and some kind of call to action around information and not trying to sell your entire service in an email. Good, good. Audience, does that make sense? That makes sense, good, good. I, audience, would you like to look at one more page together and evaluate it? Do a live opposition with Dave Green here on the spot. I'm gonna pull up one more page. I see some, I see some, uh, see some people responding here. All right, so Dave, look at this page right now. Now this is this is a web page. We looked at two emails coming through. Right. We got a page coming, page right here. Okay, who who submitted this? All right. Look at this page. Audience. Now we're going to apply it to a website. Okay. We need to, we need to talk about prospect level value proposition. And we need to talk about uh, making sure that we're aligning the right ask in the moment of the conversation. So audience, looking at this right now, ask yourself, how would you improve this page? And just, I'm going to give you a moment, and I'm going to let Dave let, let go on this page. The goal here is to get a lead. Yes. So, Dave, what would you do to this page? The thing I like about this is there's a really great thing, but it's hidden, which is a testimonial. Um, I think anybody that's been following uh, marketing experiments knows that there's a lot of friction on this page. And the thing you have to ask yourself, and I know I've I've interviewed lots of salespeople and they often want a lot of stuff captured as part of the lead, but you have to ask yourself, where's the person in the process at at this point? Do they know the answer to all of these questions already or not? Probably they don't. So softening a little bit of the information that you're asking, kind of aligning with where they happen to be in the uh, buying process will probably uh, generate a lot more leads for you that uh, our, your salespeople can follow up with. And by the way, I love the guys in the hats. You know, it just, just looks fun. 
So, you know, Dave brings up a good point. And we talked about justifying the sin, particularly when you're pushing something to the audience. You're pushing. Now, these form fields represent a little bit of a push, and you're asking for something. And so what we've seen a lot of times in our test is even justifying the asks of these. Think about why are you asking for the first name? Why are you asking for, uh, you know, these different nature of event things? Explain to them why you're doing these things. And perhaps you'll see also a, a better response in terms of completing those forms. Good. Good feedback from the audience. Good feedback from Dave. Dave, Dave thank you very much. Um, here is a summary slide of everything that we've talked about today. And we put it in the form of a questions for you. You can walk away from this. Ask, look, at your, look at your collateral. Look at your campaigns and ask yourself these questions. Is the message clear to your prospect? Have you justified the reason of the message? Is the message relevant to the prospect? Does the message appeal to your prospect? Is it clear? Is it logical? Does it ask the most logical next uh, request of them? Does it, is it making the most uh, logical step in the conversion process? Before I go today, I want to leave you with one experiment here. I'm going to pull it up on the screen. You should be able to see it on the screen right now. And I want to test your marketing intuition. Okay. Now, last week we talked about uh, we talked about calls to action. I raised the question: uh, How many of you would like to have a a purely live optimization session together? And I got a lot of overwhelming response that we wanted to pull up your pages, spend an entire uh, an, an entire session looking at just your pages, providing feedback. Uh, and so we actually have made that happen. Next clinic is going to be that, but we're going to look at one interesting experiment. And here it is: It's with a well-known financial consultancy. And I'm going to show you two pages. Here's the first. This was in a series of treatments, version A. Take a good look at it. And then here's version B, a completely radically different approach. I'm going to put them side by side, look at them together, and I want you, audience, tell me, look at these two pages, and ask yourself, which of these do you think will generate the most response? Ask yourself. I see, I see bees coming in. Good. Good. It may take some moment to get a sense here. What we're focusing on B is the overall, the, the, the offices. It was just one element in version A, version B. We're focusing on that primary piece. I see lots and lots of bees coming in here. A, it's more personal. I see A coming in three. Okay, someone's saying local, local, local. Now, now I see the tides shifting. Now people are asking or saying A, A, good. Good. Well, guys, the answer was C, as in see you next week when we do this web clinic, uh, A or B. If you want to find the answer to that test, it is coming up, okay? And now this will be, uh, all the guys, I'm in a studio here. I've got lots of, lots of people, lots of team members standing around laughing at me at that corny joke of mine. But listen, next week we're going to reveal the results of that test along with uh, other treatments and we're, that's just going to be a short piece of our time. We're going to spend the, the vast majority of the time just looking at your campaigns. Someone put, uh, Jan put April Fool's. That's right, April Fool's. So, but in all seriousness, next week we're going to reveal the test results. Uh, you can sign up for the clinic right there. Go to marketingexperience.com, live optimization. Go ahead and register now. Book it in your calendar so you don't miss it. Uh, submit your pages. The first come, first serve. Uh, so submit your pages. Uh, the earlier we get to end, the more likely you will be able to, uh, will be able to put them on the screen. So I uh, hope you enjoyed today. If you like today's presentation, we'd love to get your feedback on that. Uh, if there's anything we can do to make it better for you, uh, let us know. Uh, appreciate your time. Um, 
one final note here. If you uh, are interested in discovering what works on your own pages, yeah, you like seeing what other people are doing, but you're interested in testing yourself. Um, guys, all these tests that we've shown today have come from people like you in our audience, raising their hand, saying, hey, I have a question about this. I want to know about this. And so I would encourage you uh, in the questionnaire to fill out right there. If you're interested in doing some research, if you have some of your own questions and you want some help with testing, we'd be glad to do that. I am done. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoy the material, I would just say, you know, please tell a friend. That's it. And we'll see you back here and we'll reveal that test in about two weeks. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this recording of a Marketing Experiments live web clinic. You can sign up to receive invites to future live web clinics, as well as receive access to $10 million worth of Internet marketing research at marketingexperiments.com.